Hey, uh, until you brought that up, I was going to say we could actually, we've been recording for long enough, we could separate this episode into A and B, yes. (laughs) Choose your own podcast adventure. Yes. You can listen to both if you want to. Yeah. You have to fall into a pit, though, at the end if it's Choose Your Own Adventure. (laughs) This week's movie deals with a tragic real-life event. We split this episode into parts A and B. If you'd like to avoid some very dark and disturbing subject matter, or are just not interested in The Devil's Knot, you can skip right the hell over Part A and go to Part B, where we talk about X-Men, Days of Future Past. And if you want to listen to Part A, we do try to keep it light. Oh boy, do we try. Maybe a little too hard. Did we really do The Devil's Knot? Are you guys fucking with me? Did I, like, misread something? <laughs> I saw it last night, and then I watched it again with Sierra. She actually had a lot of choice words for it. Again? I watched it twice. That's what I do for every movie. I take notes the second time. Well, just don't watch the docs with her. The docs? The boo docs? Yeah, don't watch the documentaries with her. Shit, were we supposed to watch? Because there's, like, five documentaries about this. Is that No, what we're you don't to have to watch them at all. That's okay. not what this is about. <laughs> the de- I like how the... Ah, never mind. We don't have to talk about it. All no, right. but I fucking totally got sucked into a hole with this <laughs> of course i had to look up the wikipedia article like as soon as the movie ended i had to do that oh, i did it I went, like, in the middle of the movie honestly i went much deeper you guys <laughs> i've been looking at court documents and shit fantastic the past week that's fantastic i'm glad he did something. that's actually taking off next week and going to to tennessee don't tell him that west arkansas is in, or west oh, memphis shit. is in arkansas oh, shit no it's west memphis tennessee <laughs> Yeah, I told Kevin that I was taking tomorrow off, and he's like, dude, you're not going <laughs> investigation. A citizen investigation. Citizen arrest. It was the stepdad the whole time. I'm going to bring you in, Terry. So, hey! <laughs> so, hey! Hey. Hello, hello. So, I'm hey. from the South. I'm Colin Firth, and I'm from the South. Hey! Man, that's uncanny. Hello. If your video wasn't on, I'd be like, Colin, what are you doing here, bro? You got a family. <laughs> I thought he Don't was you all have investigating to do. His hey, accent he... was a little better than Vampire Bill's. Did you notice that he had a different accent than the accent he has on the show? He had a Vampire different Bill? sort of accent. Vampire Bill? Vampire Diaries Bill. Oh, he just he's got like dozens of them. He just rolls them out at that. He has multiple at southern parties. accents. Yeah. They're like, quick, uh, Tennessee. Hey, Why let's talk know? about that movie or whatever. What do you there, think we're doing, we man? I thought we were do doing that. Doing? But nobody it. yelled that yet. That's uh, why I yelled it, because we were talking full on about the movie, and no one had yelled it yet. I was trying. You kept on saying, hey, and I was going to try to say it. Hey! Let's I talk about that movie or whatever. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Is that something oh, we've God. done that I missed? The return of the goddammit, Kevin, to the Welcome to Hey, let's talk about that movie or whatever. The only podcast on the internet where people talk about movies. So hey, let's talk about that movie movie or whatever. (laughs) Hey, let's talk about that movie or whatever. I think I was saying now on the podcast. Yeah, and you just interrupted mine. Now you'll never know how that song goes.
I don't care because you've already sang. So this movie just kind of destroys like any hope you have for the system. Yeah, because they let those kids out, right? Yeah, exactly. You should have fried. They only served 18 years. What the fuck? They should have fried him with lethal injection poison. Or maybe a little a little butter and a little chicken fry sauce because it's the south. I don't think I can joke this episode because of the real thing that happened. Yeah, Matt's going to police us if no other reason. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> Every don't... time we make a joke, he's going to be like, well, actually. This is a real thing. Like, I don't know what this is going to be because, like, I'm not going into it planning on, um, like, I don't want it to really be a discussion of the actual case. But, you know, you kind of, you have to, you have to talk about the real thing a little bit since this is based on the real thing. And holy shit, guys, I could talk about the actual case for days. (laughs) Hey, Kevin, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with me? Yes. You mean in, like, right this <laughs> second? <laughs> for picking or, this movie, The Devil's Not. Don't don't blame me for that bullshit. <laughs> for you I put it, it up to a vote, and... <laughs> I and knew you were going to cop out like that. <laughs> and we also... We also were talking about Escape from Tomorrow, which would have also been more fun to talk about. I don't know. Also, you guys said that I should pick it. it so it's your fault. You picked it. No. No. And look, my my issue with you picking it is not with the caliber of the movie. It's just with the fact that your last movie you picked was the to-do list because you said we were getting too heavy and dark. And then your very next movie not only is about child murder, but real <laughs> yeah. child murder. Yeah. A real case of child murder. This is far darker real than real cameos, apparently. I was just curious, what was your reasoning in that? I went by the notes that Logan gave us for selecting films. Follow the notes. <laughs> also, I got something that was like, what free. Notes, like, like I said, something that was free, something that we hadn't seen. Why is it something that you hadn't seen? Something that's readily available. <laughs> right. Also, it was to be fair. The vote for me was between a movie that I that I saw and hated, and a movie that I'd never heard of. So, I went with the unknown. Yeah, you're not allowed to put things up to a vote. You just got to pick, so you can you don't cop out to your decisions. <laughs> hey guys, guess who's the new yeah. worst guy at picking movies? I think it's not me anymore. This this <laughs> is easily. I mean, for me anyway, it was. I liked. I can't say I liked. <laughs> I disliked the sacrament less than I disliked this movie. Hey, let's not talk about this movie. Let's talk about X Men. Yeah, Kevin. Yeah, I give it five stars. <laughs> Kevin, just X-Men. remember, you have to edit this shit. I agree with you. Let's talk about X Men, but <laughs> remember that. <laughs> I will edit the fuck out of it. The <laughs> the intro will be me saying, "Hey, Kevin, I." But touch my mouth constantly. <laughs> hey, I don't want to talk about this movie here. Oh, wait. Now you don't even have to edit it. You have that. Okay. <laughs> I'll just rearrange those words. Man, I'm not sure if you noticed, but in the Barbarian Sound Studio thing, there was a point in time where you just said, hey, let me take my balls out. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to no. take that sound bite. Now I've said it, too. 
No, <laughs> the same guys. Hold on. Wait, wait. Hold on. I can't hear you. You're cutting out, Logan. Dylan, what did Logan say? He said, oh, I'm going to touch your balls. Kevin, <laughs> I can't hear Dylan either. What did they both say? Something about your balls. All right, that's good enough. <laughs> that's enough to use. I could use that. <laughs> Kevin, what was, Kevin, what was your favorite part of this movie? Something about your balls. <laughs> I, how can we joke about this thing? It actually happened. Like, I don't know what to... Yeah, let's jump right to our favorite scenes, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I liked when the acting was bad. Oh, that's the whole movie. <laughs> I did like that... Uh, actually, Sierra pointed this out. When they first find out that their kids are dead, the Reese Witherspoon and her her like husband, they grieve separately. That was a good touch. Foreshadowing their you know differences to come. Also, that guy was clearly like framed as weird and creepy. I like how this movie like it it, it its message is like don't judge a person just by like what they're into, and then it totally judges that guy even though it has like no direct evidence. Like it totally makes like oh of course he's the murderer. Uh well we I have more to say about that. <laughs> um, sure you do. All right, let's just right. let Matt talk and we'll take naps. Perfect. Uh, go on the website for the extended cut. <laughs> Where Matt screams at his computer for a long time. Um, all right. Right now, let's do one of two things. One, somebody intro the movie and say what it is and who did it and what year or whatever else do you want to say to intro it. Or two, let's talk about X-Men. Hey, this week's movie is The Devil's Not, which we're not talking about. Instead, we're going to talk about X-Men Days of Future Past. I thought That's it was a great. shame because I had a good intro that... that uh brought up the the to-do list okay bring up that yeah yeah do your thing kevin i was just gonna say that uh i don't remember never mind (laughs) (laughs) dude you're gonna have so much fun editing this keep that in there (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say far from idaho uh Months before Brandy Clark's sexual awakening, another crime was committed. <laughs> I'm glad you spoke about these, these children's murders, Kevin. Yeah, there's three dead children and three people were falsely imprisoned for like 20 years. Spoiler alert. Falsely, Dylan? Well, uh, Matthew, there's no DNA evidence directly linking any of the defendants to the, to the scene of the crime. Yeah, the Let's they talk got about this co- later. <laughs> All right. The only reason they got him is because they meant they coerced a mentally retarded person. Borderline <laughs> mentally retarded. Okay, here's the problem. Here's, here's my problem with this movie. I started to hate it, and then I stopped paying attention. So okay. I don't really. I wasn't really following what was happening. All the characters just kind of did things. For some reason Jessica Chastain showed up to like lie for a little bit. That was weird. Jessica I have a question, Chastain. you guys. I think you mean uh, Muriel Inus. Is, was that not Jessica Chastain? That no, redheaded not. girl that looked like Jessica Chastain? Nope. Who was Jessica Chastain? She was in... Uh, uh, what was that movie with that guy? From was she the wife movie? in World War Z? Is that, is that who that is? Yes. Okay. That's Muriel Inus. That's not Jessica Chastain, though. No. Okay. She was in The Tree of Life. She was in that movie with uh, Michael Shannon. Oh yeah, Man of Steel. <laughs> right. The other, the other one he was in. Oh yeah, the one where, where J- Joseph Gordon-Levitt's on a bicycle. Yeah, that one. No, no. 
It was the another one. The Hitman. Yeah, it's it, it, a Hitman it's a bicycle movie. That, where that he's was a Hitman. The focus of the movie. Take Shelter. Yes, yes, that one. Let's do that movie. Let's talk about that movie. All right. I actually really want to see that movie and then talk about it. You haven't seen it? I thought you. Oh, saw it. I really want to. Good movie. Yeah, I had a moment last week that I'm like, hey, I'm just like that guy in that movie from that trailer. I got severe mental problems. <laughs> Are you digging holes in your backyard? Did I'll that happen? Uh, spoilers, don't tell me. Don't tell me if he digs holes. It didn't happen. Oh, God damn it. I just ruined it. Oh, now I know he does dig holes. Damn. <laughs> All right. So this movie was called The Devil's Knot. It was made by... Flanders McGoynan in 1987. Oh, yeah, that was the other part of my joke. It was directed by Arsene Conjohn's husband. Who is that? That's an actress <laughs> who was married to the guy who directed this movie. Oh, okay. Kevin, remember you're editing this and say it in a way that you could edit that in, not, oh, the other part of my joke is this. <laughs> Stand by for joke part number two. Hey, jokes. You've got hey, you guys. Logan, specifically, why does this movie exist? Because I... they want to draw attention to this horrible thing that happened. Ask why... me now, Dylan. Matt, why does this movie exist? I don't know. When there's like apparently... so many documentaries about this, there's probably yeah. three or four or five documentaries about this. Yeah. Like, um... I think Kevin said, and I was like, yeah, that sounds right. He said that this kind of had a uh, Lifetime movie vibe. No, it's a Law and Order episode. It's like a special double-length Law and Order episode. But the way that all of the characters, um, like, none of the characters really talk to each other. They they all just explain things. Or they, like, said what they were feeling. Or they probably said, like, probably actual testimony from, you know, the real people that did it. Like, none of them were talking to each other. Um... All the characters, almost always the characters, when they talk, they explain how they feel. That's usually how they do it. Also, when the police coerced that mentally retarded man into a confession, he was loading boxes onto a truck. Yes, which, thank you for telling, thank you for getting the truth, Ed. Who is the mentally retarded man? Is it supposed to be the Green Goblin? Is that the mentally retarded man? Jesse Miskelly. No, that's the ice cream man who... Right. Asked for a picture of the child at some point and came in their house and no, that's it. not the mentally retarded man. Yeah, that's just the weirdo that likes jumping off sand and making like a crucifix thing when he's in the the confession room. Yeah. Wait. So who is the the guy with the long hair? The goth guy? No, the guy who admitted to the thing that got them all in this. Oh, the guy with hey. the he had the he had the haircut. He had the thing on the side of his head. Yeah, right? he's the yes, one that talked that like this. They all talk like that, Kevin. Oh uh, yeah. Do you think anyone in this movie is authentically Southern? Any any single person? Isn't Reese Witherspoon? Isn't Colin yeah. Firth? I don't know. Yeah, Colin Firth is from the south of England. That's what we're talking <laughs> about. <laughs> I just, oh, seriously I... though, it's a serious question. I don't understand why this movie exists. Like, is it a docudrama? Is it like a, is it like a, like you're saying a Lifetime movie, an A&E special about murder? Is this an actual movie? Like, why? Yeah, I... I don't know, because generally, like, when you make a movie about an actual event, it's to show things that otherwise you wouldn't be able to see. Whereas this trial, like, this case, all of this stuff is documented from the very beginning. It's on film. You can very easily see it. I I don't know why they wanted to make a movie of it. Also, how did they get all these people to be in this movie, like, 
and have tiny, shitty, awful parts. Like, what? How did that happen? Is it just like did they spin it as like, oh, this is for a good cause, or they spin it like, like maybe like one actor is in it, and then suddenly like, oh, Colin first in this. All right, I better join up. Like, what? What the hell? I assume they had the, they had this thing where they go, hey, I'll give you money to be in this. <laughs> <laughs> it's because there Adam a... McGoyan is an Academy and Academy nominated director and writer. What? What does he? What was he nominated for? Uh, the Sweet Hereafter. Okay. In the have late guys, 90s. Have you guys okay. seen that? He he does a lot of films about oh. uh, dead children. Yeah, I was going to bring that up and ask if like somebody's looked into that at all. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> like if that's just like a weird thing he has. He also yeah, like his, he, has anybody <laughs> checked into him? Like has anybody visited his house? Okay, like, I'm on kinda, IMDb right now. Kind of poked around directed. a little. Uh, he looks like you have to direct Blue is the Warmest Color. I think it's all making sense now. What's really weird is the, uh, no, there are the no... other two, um, Exotica and The Sweet Hereafter, are extremely good movies. They're very compelling. And then this, which has so much material for him to actually draw on, is not compelling at all. It has no emotional impact whatsoever. At least it, it didn't for me. It's probably because it's a real thing that happened. So he has less creative license. Well, I wondered too because this is based on a novel, or not a no- not a novel. Do you a, call it a novel when it's based on real life? Book. Yeah, I would call it a yeah. true crime book. Yeah, it's um, okay. it was based on a book specifically, so maybe right. I don't know. Maybe he had to be uh, bound within what was there. Which I haven't read. Extent. I haven't I've, read the book, but from what I have read, yeah, it it did kind of touch on all of the same. <laughs> that's things. what he's taking time off for. Well, He's going to sit in his, in his closet and re- cry and read. I just don't understand, like, if you're going to, like, there's nothing, nothing about this movie feels real. Like, not, not a single second feels real. Like, not any conversation, emotion, the court scenes. Like, the point, uh, like, Logan was saying, the point of making a movie is to, like, you know, is to humanize it. This no, could, I didn't say uh, that. The, I said to, she said? to draw attention to it. Well, draw attention. Okay, I'm sorry. I forgot. Maybe Matt said like the point of making a movie is to like fill in gaps and to like make it feel like a real story. And this couldn't feel actually. More what like... I said is <laughs> so that you can see things. So you can see things that you couldn't see okay. otherwise. I drew. Okay, so that. But like, what's the point of making a movie if it just feels like like a high school project for anatomy class or something? Dylan, we don't know. Why this do you is, keep asking us? This is the true mystery. It feels like it was edited by someone who never edited a film before. Like a Lifetime original movie. I don't know about that. Yeah, That's what it felt that. like to me. It felt like they were rushed, maybe. It just or felt... they just they got into it and they didn't know what they had. It just they felt like no one tried. It. I did not get that. Like I it seemed like this was kind of what they were going for. They just weren't trying to go for very much. Yeah, it just seems like they had their notes that they wanted to hit and they hit them. They're like, we want to go over this, this, and this, and this. And there was nothing really, and they had to stick with those notes because they don't have any creative license. So they just stuck with stuck with what actually happened, and yeah, they really couldn't dramatize it any more than it already was. I feel like if they removed the um, the finding of the children, and then renamed it Colin Firth walks around in restaurants, then you know it might have a an audience. <laughs> So there's a, there's a Colin, Colin Firth looks vaguely interested in things. <laughs> I, also like, I also like how he explains every single thing that happened in the court to his law secretary or whoever that is that was also there. 
Like he's it's like 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 that like the judge says so there's one scene where the judge says something in English, like, oh I understand what that means. And then he explains it to his law secretary that is next to him. It's very strange. There's a lot of explaining to the audience what how characters feel and what is going on. Even She's actually from South Africa. Oh wait, they speak English there. Kind of. One thing uh this movie nailed though was some of the people in it look exactly like the real people. Yeah, I noticed that. It was crazy. Like yeah. the, like real people or like the real like in the like the real, the real people. people. <laughs> they looked like actual human beings. Like okay, humans. <laughs> well, when I first saw this movie, I didn't I mean I had no nothing I had no knowledge of anything going into it. And I noticed that like, wow, everyone has mullets in this movie. Like this <laughs> I feel like in the South in two thousand fourteen, like I feel like there's there would be fewer mullets. And then I saw it was in nineteen ninety three and my opinion like went the opposite. Like, wow, there's not enough mullets for nineteen ninety three in the South. There was a couple of times when it looked to me like MacGruber was the defending <laughs> attorney. That was the worst. Wig or I, extensions? That was the worst thing in the world. Um, that actually, it's a good thing to bring up, though, is what did everybody know about this going into it, about the actual case? I had only the most basic knowledge that um, children were killed and that uh, three more than likely uh, innocent people had been had been arrested and been in jail for years. I had, uh, I had like just vaguely heard of it. I was the same age as the little kids that got murdered when they got murdered. So this kind of wasn't really on my radar, although it really should have been like as a kid, child murdering should be on your radar. You should know about that if it's going on, but yeah, so I, I didn't know about this really at all. I had just kind of heard vague reference to the West Memphis 3 before and had barely looked into it at all. And you thought it was a jazz trio? Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Anytime you hear the location and then a number that to me says, oh, there's that many people that uh, have been... Uh, uh, unjustly something. Oh, I was thinking that like when you hear jazz music, you think of injustice. I went the other way with that. It's not funny, Dylan. Three kids died. Damn it, you're right. What am I trying? What are we trying to do here? Yeah, that's why I... you talk. Stop talking about this movie. And... So X Men. No one talk died in that X-Men? except for JFK. Spoiler alert. Wait, that would anybody really recommend that was not? <laughs> no. Watch the documentary or read the book. Yeah, go go read about real events instead of watching this film. Here's my uh, my if advice to you. If somebody comes up to you with a gun and says, I'm gonna kill you if you don't watch The Devil's Knot, like, just watch it. It's not that bad. It's not worth losing your life over. <laughs> I was 90% guys. sure he was gonna say, say no. <laughs> I will not watch it. How- however, however, if somebody comes up to you without a gun and says hey i'm not gonna kill you either way no matter what you answer but would you like to watch the devil's not in that scenario my advice to you is if you do not have any interest in the west memphis three case do not watch it if you do have interest in the west memphis three case do not watch it watch the documentaries (laughs) <laughs> There's so many hours of great documentaries. 
Yeah, I knew nothing about this movie before I... I mean, I knew nothing about any of the real events or any of the movie. Yeah. Uh, so when the movie... I'm completely blind. Uh, so when the movie started, I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. It's kind of like, you know, I like the Grishin movies in the 90s, like the law, the law stuff, the court stuff. And then it starts, like, subtitling every scene, like, like saying, like, where this is and who this is. And then I realized, yeah, like, oh, this isn't a movie. Yeah, this is like weird. a... This is like a documentary thing. Oh, this is not a movie. Never mind. And it kind of ends as soon as the uh, the three guys get sentenced to jail, or the two and the one get sentenced to death. It just kind of ends and just wraps it up. Yeah, with a... no climax whatsoever. I knew that's how that would happen. Like these kind of movies, they're usually in like that, right? Like that's supposed you're supposed to feel like justice wasn't served. And plus, that was the focus of the book. I think that was the the end portion of the, of the Devil's Knot. Do you think they forgot to film an ending and we're like, oh shit, we need to, what are we going to do? Uh, let's just fill up 20 screens of text. Let's just scroll it down like it's a Star Wars intro. Maybe, maybe Kevin was right about it being an inexperienced editor and they just forgot to put the ending on. <laughs> Seriously, no, like why, said, why did they I, stop I checked filming? it out and it was, it's the same editor he's always used. Oh, then you're wrong. Okay. Why did they just ch- decide to end when Reese Witherspoon leaves like him? That. Like, why didn't they film any of the other stuff? Why couldn't they, like, film old Colin Firth, you know, like, oh, there's evidence here. This is, you know, this is, this is weird. I want to see how he obtained DNA evidence from that stepfather. It just says he right. did it, like, Yeah, I know. I made a crude comment to my wife when I saw that on the screen. But I actually know because it's in West of Memphis. Please tell us. Like, the, it's just the most like enigmatic thing. Like, tell me about this. Why are you, you know, show me secretly? Was right. it secretly something like that? Which, uh, by the way, if you want to watch any of the documentaries, there are three like two and a half hour HBO documentaries. Uh, uh, Paradise Lost. You can watch them all on YouTube. They're all really good. There's so many like crazy great human moments in it. They kind of they made the documentaries as the story progressed. They were there at the beginning. The second one is like when they tried to do appeals. And then the third one was after they were released. It kind of like covers that. Uh, Wait, was, so was this, was this um, when they, when they, when Colin Fur talks to the, I'm sorry, the documentary guy about like, Oh, he's been telling me a lot of information. Was that, was that the documentary? Crew? That, that was, that was it. That was the paradise <laughs> lost HBO crew. Okay. Because that's in the first documentary where they say he gave us this knife as a Christmas present. Why? And so we had to present it to them as evidence. Cause they looked like there was blood on it. Why did he do that? Why did that random man do that? That, that guy is so weird. Oh my God. The real guy. It's kind of. Look, he's got a lot of mental and substance abuse problems, or he did. He seems like he's kind of getting over that, but I don't know. I, For the whole time, I, you know, it seems like he's either crazy and genuine or he's crazy and covering something up. And I didn't know because I kind of wanted to like him a lot the whole time, but then I thought he might have murdered children. Well, and, he, well, he was like total like oh southern slow southern character. Like I thought that was his shtick before I realized this was a real thing. Oh boy, <laughs> Matt, tell us about this. Just you talk. No, <laughs> we can't do this. <laughs> we uh, can't I'll, start. The, we can't go down this uh, rabbit hole. I agree, but I'll just say I um, agree. But here we go. <laughs> no, I'll just say about that guy. It it kind of seems like because of the way that guy acts. People, when they realize, oh, yeah, these kids clearly didn't didn't murder these children. He's kind of the most obvious suspect that everybody keeps turning to. And 
like including, I know Damien said at one point from prison that he was sure this was in like the mid aughts. That was the guy that did it. And they kind of did the same thing that was done to the West Memphis three, like just because they're weird, just because of kind of how they look and act. They go, ah, they must have did this crazy weird thing that they kind of did that to uh, Mark Byer, the giant redheaded country weirdo screams a lot. So his wife was the wife that, that died under like undetermined circumstances. That was his wife. Whose yeah. wife? Okay. They both had serious substance abuse problems. That's actually not surprising after I kind of learned more about them. Okay, because this movie definitely sets up two people as like the real murderers. Like they're, you know, they're all sketchy and whatnot. Well, those two, the whole case is kind of predicated on these kids are Satanists, which, you know, there's not really any basis for that. That was just the case that they made. And it actually kind of sounds like the prosecutor's didn't really think it was a Satanist thing either. That was just the way they framed it to try and get the jury scared and to prosecute them. But it's it's kind of predicated on these kids are evil Satanist witches. And from what you see in the documentary, they all seem pretty reasonable. Like the one guy is borderline mentally retarded, but like they all seem pretty reasonable, nice enough kids. The only people that you hear saying and doing really kind of terrifying things are some of the parents like uh the buyers the two buyers people which i mean they their kid was murdered like i don't want to i don't want to talk too bad about them because i'm sure that makes you go fucking crazy the buyers is that reese witherspoon or is that the other the other couple yeah buyers that was the giant (laughs) they gave the knife okay and, and his wife okay who died um, of undetermined reasons is what the ruling was undetermined. But he, at one point in the second movie goes back to where the kids were murdered and makes like weird graves in effigy that he says are the, the three kids in jails graves and like hammers these posts in with like little tatters of the police tape that was up there originally And then pours lighter fluid all over them and like sets it on fire and stomps around in the flames screaming and like cursing them to hell. And they're just filming this. They're just filming him do this. He let them film him do this. Yeah, he loves he it's clear he loved being in front of the camera. Like, yeah. Anyways, (laughs) that's like the weirdest, craziest ritualistic shit ever. And then his wife at a certain point says that she wants to eat the skin off of Damien's face. What the fuck? Yeah. Again, I, their child was murdered, but yeah. And actually, uh, I watched all of the HBO documentaries. And then last night I finally watched West of Memphis, which if you can only watch, if you want to watch any of the documentaries and you can only watch one or only care to watch one instead of eight hours of documentary, Definitely watch West of Memphis. That was made after the whole thing was over, and it really comprehensively sort of encompasses the whole thing. And they covered a lot, and they covered it well. They covered some stuff that wasn't covered, really, in the other documentaries. And, yeah, um, going into that and seeing Mark Byers, like, before they realized the kids were dead, and then very soon after... 
I forgot how reasonable he seemed. Like he mm. clearly was losing his shit like more and more as the years went by. So but yeah, he, bad drug problem, like meth problems and stuff, substance abuse, and then dead kid will probably do that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he seems like he kind of got that shit under control. Also, he had brain surgery at some point. But yeah, I think I actually really like that guy. Okay, this is the part of the podcast where Logan stops paying attention and we explain things to me because I didn't understand him. Okay. Not very smart. Oh, do you have questions? I've got some questions, you guys. Dylan's got questions. This is my favorite segment. Dylan's got questions. Question. All right. Let me consult my notes here. I mean, to be to be full disclosure, I didn't rewind anything. I didn't rewind once. Good That's for fine. you. That's <laughs> when I had a question. Okay, so while you're looking for your notes, uh, there were two things I wanted to mention from the movie. Please, uh, Wait, from um, this movie. Yeah, Mister okay. Reese Witherspoon. It was clear that they were kind of trying to frame him as like a creepy dude. From when they were looking in the woods, there's like this weird shot where she's like, "What if they drowned in there?" Talking about the little uh the ditch mm. and he just kind of looks at her like weird and creepily for a long time and i was like all right that was creepy and the n- very next scene they go into the police o- uh station i just wanted to ask you guys did it seem like he was playing drunk right there i honestly don't remember i don't recall that's what I got I, from that initially because I knew nothing about any of these characters. She's in there like yelling at the cops and he's just like leaning and kind of like swaying a little bit and looking weird and disoriented. Maybe I watched it wrong, but I didn't feel like they were like at least I watched it a second time too. Um I didn't feel like they were setting him up to be creepy the first time. I got it a little bit more the second time. He so did the whole time. I, it's like it's like said without being said. Like he did. Yeah, it. I, I definitely got that. First I was it just like, seemed okay. like a weird, like supportive boyfriend or something. He seemed like asshole southern boyfriend. Like he was like that caricature, and then it's yeah, like, almost. Oh. A, yeah, I, but I, he, didn't, know I didn't get sure. the creepy child murdering. Vibe. I don't know for sure if they were going to, if it was, you know, going to be him or if uh, there was a red herring type of a thing. But it was clear that they were, like, putting some creepy juice on him. What was the deal with the the pocket knife? Did that really, was that a real thing? That was a real thing, yeah. So the pocket knife that he always carries was in the dad's, like, in the attic? Like, in his, like, yep. hidden away? And then she gives T- it to the... Terry Hobbs had it. And Pam Hobbs said that he would have had that with him when he died. She does not know, um, like, yeah, she said that he, that he always had it with him. He would have had it with him when he died. Terry Hobbs said that he took it from him because it was irresponsible to let a little kid have a knife. Okay, because, like, even if he didn't have it on him, why would it be hidden away in, like, a chest, you know, <laughs> in, like, the attic? Like, you There's think it so would just much... be, like, in the house or something? So much creepy shit about Terry Hobbs. I don't even want to get into it. Okay, my question's here. What was the point of Jessica Chastain? Because I know like this movie does a thing where like it shows things that didn't really happen while the characters like recount what happened, quote unquote. What was the point of like her kid and her what was the point of that? Like just why did they do why did they have all this false testimony? Who are you talking about? 
talking about the redheaded lady who like pretends to like be a Satanist or something. Yeah. Like, what? Oh, which of yeah. those things really happened, and which of the things did like were just like she lied about? Obviously, she lied about like, going to the Satan meeting. She saw that on TV or something, right? Yeah. Well, uh, in the actual um, like reality of the case. She said years later, the cops put her up to all of this, that she was going in like she actually went into the police station. She was supposed to have a polygraph uh, to see if she stole some money from somebody. And then instead, her kid told them that he saw uh, the three boys that they suspected were the murderers already because they had no better suspects. The kid said that he saw them kill the three little boys. All that stuff with the blood and the whatnot. And was forced to drink their blood. Yeah, and also I read that the little boy could not identify photos of them, but he said it was them. Like he couldn't pick them out of a photo lineup. He could like, and he. I thought he lived in that town. Like it's like a really small rural town. He, wow, maybe they didn't do it. I love how those the people like they're still convicted felons. Like they're not yeah. innocent. I love that they're out of jail, but they're yeah. The um the 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 cops. Uh, actually they did this like a sting operation where they told her that they wanted her to like devil up her house and stuff and get uh, Damien and uh, uh, Jason over there and get them to confess. And she said, you know, she asked him about it. He acted like she was a crazy person for even asking that. And the cop said that the, the audio was not audible and she said it was audible that he clearly didn't confess to anything. And the cop said, oh, no, we just can't use it because it was inaudible. So so wait, so was this, so did the cops, like, put her up to it? Or was this a case of her, like, trying to draw attention away from her own crimes? I know they mentioned, like, credit card scam or something in the movie. In this in this well, movie, the cop says that she volunteered to do it. Right. She volunteered to play she's detective. like, play detective. Yeah, in real life, she, like, recanted everything later and said that the cops pressured her into it. Were, are any any law enforcement officials of any law attached to this case, were they ever investigated or arrested no. even? No? Okay. No, they're not looking into uh, who the real killer was either. So this is pretty much like the like a real world example of like every Southern justice cliche out there. Well, that, cliches are cliches for a reason, Dylan. I suppose you're right. It makes me sad. Yeah. Was that your only question? or? Yeah, most of my questions were like plot-related. Also, um, my question is, why... This movie shares a lot with The Wire in that both of them have heavy themes of institutional intragnizance. Like, you can't fight the institutions. It's like a lumbering machine. No matter what you do, like it's just going to keep going on. It's going to serve justice. Like, why was... Why is the wire so effective at showing that? And why is this movie so ineffective at getting that point across? That's a question, I guess. Because the wire is good? Okay, because the wire has real people and like characters that, ironically, the wire is fake. The characters feel much more real than the characters in this film. Written or created by a journalist and written by a journalist. That is true. Also, this thing went on for like 20 years of them trying to get out of jail. And this movie that is about it just covers, you know, basically just the trial. It feels like the trial lasted like a week. Yep, and they're like done, and, one and done. They're out. Like <laughs> they're they're in they're in jail. Um, I, yeah, I, I was waiting for like the appeal. Like I thought it was going to be like, oh well, in, when the appeal court comes up, obviously like the appeals judge isn't like in this weird southern town. Like they're going to exonerate them or something. And no, the appeals judge is the same judge every that's, time it came back. It went to the same. That's not judge. how that works, Matt. Is that how that works? 
uh, in Arkansas, apparently. Yeah, this time. <laughs> it, the only reason anything ever happened different, eventually um, there was new evidence in 2007. And there, there was like new DNA evidence and there are new DNA statutes on the books that haven't really been interpreted legally yet. So it was kind of up to, you know, the legal system to kind of hammer out how it's supposed to be interpreted. And that same judge that it went to would not hear the new evidence. And he said that the the new DNA statutes that says if there's new evidence, you should reopen, you should have an evidentiary hearing where you review all of the evidence. And he said that he interprets all of the evidence to mean evidence of guilt. Which is yeah. crazy. That's a- and so that went to the Arkansas Supreme Court and they unanimous, unanimously agreed, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's right? not what that means. Why is this judge not disbarred? Like, why is this judge... Well, it went back down, so they were basically going to make him have a hearing. He was still going to be the judge over it, except he got elected a senator. Oh, thank God. So (laughs) because it went to a new judge, (laughs) because it went to a new judge, that is the guy who ended up making the deal with them where they make the Alfred pleas. Which is something I've never heard of. This is fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) This is so much more fucked up. That's the tip of the iceberg, Logan. There's so many more yeah, things yeah. that it's obvious at so many points that this is so fucked up. Okay, but 1993, that was the tail end. Like, there was a huge... I mean, the South, of course, is like, the, you know, they're big on not liking Satan. That's still that's still true today, someone who lives in the South. They're big on God. But wasn't that a thing specifically in the 80s, like, specifically with Dungeons and Dragons and, like, Satanism and stuff? Like, wasn't there kind of a revival of, like... There was a, a terror of, of 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 you know the devil. I would have to imagine that the words Dungeons and Dragons were mentioned once. I think that was like in the seventies, though. I thought it was like the eighties. Like there was like a scare with like, oh, it's, it's turning your kids into Satanists. I don't know. I don't know I, the history. Uh, I don't remember the Dungeons and Dragons thing specifically when I was a kid, but I do remember from being a kid that there was like this weird Satanism craze, like that Satanists are everywhere and they're coming to get you. Right. Yeah, I vaguely remember that from daytime television <laughs> when I was a child, and living in north uh, northwestern Florida, and from there the was people a, there who was lived there who watched daytime television. Yes, there was a stigma attached to Dungeons and Dragons to anybody who didn't know anything about it. It was like, what? That's weird. Right. Like, I guess just when you like explain Dungeons and Dragons and you show them the picture of like the eighties Dungeons and Dragons book, that's just like a huge devil with a sword, <laughs> right? <laughs> like a pentagram and shit. I guess it probably would look a little weird. Have you guys looked at Dungeons and Dragons art? There's like symbols and yes, yeah, literally symbols. You guys, yeah, literally. Yeah. Literally. How are you supposed to take that? That it's not satanic. <laughs> well, symbolic symbols. If the pentagram fits, let's talk about X Men or whatever. All right. The Wait, first Dylan, one? did, did you finish now we're in, your we... questions? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They didn't have a lot of good questions. I started making a list of like okay. how you can tell us movies in the South, and I just kind of gave up. Something I definitely do need to get onto this, just in case anybody ever listens to this episode. <laughs> Hopefully they don't. But um, my recommendation of the documentaries, I definitely recommend the HBO documentaries. I definitely, definitely recommend the West of Memphis. If you don't watch anything else, watch the west of memphis documentary i mean if you're interested in this thing don't let me tell you to watch it but i have to warn you there are graphic images of the dead kids in Ugh. both of these things 
So just heads up on that, because I kind of wasn't expecting that. And the HBO documentaries, that's the first thing you see. Okay, that is a question. Did they dress up child actors in, like, dead makeup for this? I was really those, worried about that. I don't know what those that look was. Like, that was definitely fucked up. Those look like constructions to me. Yeah, I, I, think, really they just, I think they just killed some kids. Hmm. Did that. They used the real corpses. <laughs> you guys... <laughs> It enough. actually it looked it looked a lot like the actual Ugh. thing. Yeah, it was that was kind of the most horrifying thing I've ever. Don't you quit your job seen. if th- somebody comes into your effects house and say, "Hey, can you build me three yeah. naked eight-year-old corpses?" No, that's no. exactly what effects weirdos are into. Yeah, that's what they can might. you put some cat ears on them? Maybe? I'd be like, "Well, this was a good career." I, I hated that they, I mean, obviously it was for shock value, but did they really need to show, like, part of his genitals in that one part? You guys know exactly oh, what I'm boy. talking about. I didn't even the notice H- that. The HBO I mean, I didn't notice it either. The HBO documentaries, they show full-on picture of the mutilated genitals. So, heads up for that. That's my <laughs> recommendation. <laughs> Seriously, if you, if you don't want to touch this, if this is creepy, do not watch those. But, yeah. Oh, I do have a question. How does... I also noticed I wrote down, why does this movie exist? I think at least four times on my two pages of notes. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Uh, how does the FBI work? So Colin Firth just has this nice-ass <laughs> office, and he just, like, finds cases that he thinks there's, he should intervene in? Like, what is He's his job? The FBI. Did it not say FBI? I only saw it. Like, I, I private investigator. Yeah. Oh, I saw it for a split second. It looked like it said Federal Bureau of Investigation. I'm like, whoa, that's a nice office for the FBI. What is he doing? I feel real dumb now. Okay, Dylan, you do have the best questions, though, when you boil it down to, how does the FBI work? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> do we have time for that? For so so, so is that his job? He just he just finds, like, like that's not right. That's no, injustice. And that was just, just something well, he saw. And he was like, I need to step in here. Well, and he see, was getting divorced. So he decided that he had to take a case that helped people. I assumed he was divorced this, from Reese Witherspoon because I thought this was a movie thing. That's what I thought too. <laughs> oh my god! Because it I seems like it's setting that up, but it I guess not. Yeah. Um. And personally, to your question, Dylan, I feel like that first uh, scene with him where he's at an auction, like bidding on an old table. I thought I I don't know. I thought maybe that was setting up why he threw his hat in to work on this case because that's just like he's he's, rich. he's he's good financially and he's just like yeah this thing i'll bid on that and that it was i don't know if that wasn't it i don't i don't know what i don't know what the point of it was i don't understand <laughs> the point of any of his character development like the scene where he talks to his uh, his wife uh he talks to michael scott's uh wife for a second like one scene i well, don't that's i know just... that was his ex-wife i just don't know what was the point of that scene well, like, anything set... with him well, that was to set up the whole fact that the police officers are really corrupt, that they were trying to blackmail him into not helping okay. exonerate these guys. But we already knew that. So the whole point was just to show that like these guys you thought were corrupt, they're really corrupt. <laughs> it turns out they're super yeah. corrupt. <laughs> One other thing I wanted to bring up is uh, that scene where she's being interviewed on TV and she's like, Reese Witherspoon is like, Oh, 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 yeah, this is just my dead kid's bandana. I put it on my head like this and kind of dance around. Yeah, that was pretty was pretty out there. Uh, yeah, when I saw that, I was like, this must be based on a real clip because this is too weird. 
And it was based on a real clip. It was just really like it was a lot stupider looking than it was in the real clip. Uh, did anyone else notice? This is technically a question. That Colin Firth was using his King George King speech voice, just Southern. He was using the exact same voice, the kind of high pitched no. reedy, and then he just no. made it Southern. No, yep. exactly. I, did, I didn't notice that, but sure. I am not very funny, so I made lots of King speech jokes. Oh, show. fantastic! Yeah, get that low hanging fruit. Um, also, I like that he has to look at uh, Colin Firth has to look at dead the pictures of the dead kids on his desk to to like be sad about it and to have us be sad about it. I love that scene. Yeah, he held it up just for us. It was right. Dylan, I saw mutilated child genitals. <laughs> you saw the real thing, too. I, I don't know if I want to dig that deep. Yeah. Watch West of Memphis, though. It's good. Did anyone else notice the extras in this movie? They were the hammiest extras actually, I've ever Actually, seen. I did. I did notice that. They were the hammiest, hammiest extras. I don't know if it's just like the direction. They yeah. were just awful. I assume they were like just town folk. I'm, yeah, probably <laughs> folk. They were definitely folk. Um, also, this movie felt like uh, after a little while, I thought like I assumed it was based on a play because anytime like two characters are in a scene, like anytime one character like gets up to read a book or like changes his position, it's so forced and so weird. It just feels so unnatural. It feels like a stage direction. Interesting. Take that movie. Take Maybe that's that an Adam McGuinn thing. I I think I've only seen two Adam McGoyan movies. I saw Exotica when I was a little kid, which is super weird. So I don't really remember that very much. And then yeah, I you remember would have been like you would have been like ten. Yeah, I saw Exotica way younger. Seventy five percent of that movie takes place in a strip club. <laughs> thanks, Big Bro. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Kevin. That's totally the reason too. But um also, uh, the sweet hereafter, which was good, but it was, it was just basically it was about a small town. Uh, the school bus like goes off a cliff, and pretty much all of the children in the town die. Hmm. Yeah, sounds better than this. Uh, is in real life? It's do so do juries have have juror stickers on their breasts, like little excuse me, like little stickers that says jury? Yes. That's a real thing. Okay. Yeah. I've never I seen that. Ha- I had jury duty before. Has anybody else? I... I'm a convicted I've never self. been in the active jury now. No. You guys, if you get a chance, don't try and get off the jury. I mean, if you have practical reasons that you really cannot be bothered to do that, you should get out of it. But don't just try to get out of it just to get out of it because it's so fascinating to see how stupid the justice system is. Seriously, it's so dumb. And like the jury I was on, it was pretty much a toss-up if the people were going to get convicted or not. And I kind of argued like, hey, this is really, really stupid that they're trying to convict this person. Yeah, I kind of had to argue with strangers for a while. There was like one other person that felt strongly the other way, and everybody else was like, I don't care. I just want to go home. I'll go with whoever makes the best point. <laughs> That's why do we rely on juries? I mean, I get the point, like that it makes sense, like, oh, citizen justice, a trial of your peers, but that's terrifying. I don't want some rando picked by, a, yeah. by an attorney that's like to, to for specific reasons. Yeah, that doesn't want to be there. Oh, right. shit, you guys. <laughs> One more thing about the real case. I'll probably mention several other things about the real case. But one more thing. Apparently, the foreman of the jury on the uh, Damien Eccles, Jason Baldwin trial 
got on the jury intentionally because he saw the case and was like, I want to make sure those guys get convicted. And he got on the jury. How do you know this? It's covered. He admitted to this? Um, other people said that that's what he did. And they uncovered evidence that uh, some things that the jury was not supposed to be told, they were told in the in the jury room. Like that that guy wrote up a bunch of things and there was a big thing that was scratched out that was like crossed out with a marker. But this one lady had copied down in her personal notes the stuff off the board that that guy wrote up. And one of them said um, uh, Jesse Miss Kelly confession, which they were supposed to. That was inadmissible. You weren't supposed to say that another guy confessed to doing it and that these guys participated. Hmm. So yeah, this is pretty dark. Hey, Logan, on a lighter note, did anyone else notice how often they use the same like public domain Falcon sound effect? Sometimes they would use it twice in the same scene. Yeah, if you go back and watch it again, you hear it all the time. That could be a good drinking game, actually. Drink uh, every time you see ch- uh, mutilated child genitals and then drink when you hear the Falcon <laughs> sound effect. You'd be really, really drunk, I guess. Uh, now also I just more... want to watch wild zero now for drinking game dvd oh okay thank god i thought you were going to go a different direction with that have you seen wild zero dylan no but we talked we've been talking about it throughout our entire friendship i think let's do wild zero and watch it live and do the drinking game perfect all right let's just just pirate wild zero and add our voices to it or we could like get a public domain film like we could get night of the living dead and then we could commercially release it because it's in the public domain we could do whatever we want to it it's true uh so Delete you guys, this. no one else can hear it. You wanna just stop doing this podcast now, like entirely, forever? <laughs> no, no. I wanna, I wanna go to the next movie because I've got. I was gonna choose a very serious horror film, but not doing that now. Blue Valentine. But Sorry. that was something else about <laughs> this movie that we are trying to stop talking about. <laughs> Is. <laughs> Is basically any uh, representation, any movie representation of a real person is just so, you know, movies are bullshit. <laughs> They're so fake. Like when you know this is a real person and you can see the real person, just seeing somebody doing like a weird movie star version of that is just, it's odd. It reminds me of American Splendor when you see, um, <laughs> when you see like the movie version seeing the movie version of the movie version <laughs> anyways hey can we can we recommend can we talk about films that we've seen or something or yeah. can we just stop this films we've seen yeah what have you been watching recently dylan oh well i have two things i got some questions now um <laughs> i got some questions about the movies i saw you guys uh, I would say that instead of this movie, if you want to watch something that's like kind of Southern Gothic, uh, instead of I, instead of it, no, oh, what are we? <laughs> um, no, uh, I, 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 there's a movie I haven't seen in a while, so I'm not sure if it holds up, but it's called The Gift. It was directed by Sam Raimi. Yes. Oh, it's, hey, I mean, yes. tell you, uh, I like The Gift. This movie I have discussed with my mother a bunch of times. I don't even know why this movie came up a bunch of times with my mother. But every time that we've mentioned it around her, she did not know what we were talking about. Like, what movie? And I just said, 
lady floating in a tree. And she's like, oh, I got you. <laughs> like, I just knew for yeah. some reason that is how she knew this movie. And it it is. She always yeah. knows exactly what I'm talking about. There you go. It's about right. But if you want an, actually, uh, an actual good film that is, you know, authentically Southern, uh, you should watch that. It's pretty good. It's on Netflix. That reminded me of uh, me trying to tell Matt who Elias Kiotis was. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I kept trying to tell him like what what movies he's been in. I finally said he was in Ninja Turtles. And then I was still like, huh? Casey Jones. Said, I was like, oh, oh okay. Yeah. He was in another film recently, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah the TMNT he was remake. in one we watched real recently, Logan. How real recently? How recent are we talking? Real recently. We <laughs> might have just talked about it for a long time. X Men. He was yeah, in he was X-Men. Magneto. No, <laughs> he should be an X Men though. Oh, also, I saw Dread and I liked it. And I know someone said like, "Oh, like that's just a rip off of this other movie that I." Oh, seen. he was in Devil's Knot. Okay. <laughs> yes, Logan, are, you, are we doing a bit right now? Or are you doing? I didn't even, no, I didn't even know he was in that. But I had heard his name recently. I don't even think I remember talking about him in Devil's Knot. I'm starting to think that Logan just reads Wikipedia instead of watching these movies. <laughs> <laughs> It's the new watching reading, paid but for by the Wikipedia marks Council. Out the actors that played the parts because he doesn't want spoilers. What did you think of this movie, Logan? Ah, oh, I really liked the uh, length. Uh, <laughs> like what? That length was just perfect. I also uh, really liked the girth. The box office was pretty good. The budget was nice. <laughs> the box office could have been a little better, but uh, let's see. Controversy. I liked the controversy. <laughs> I, also I, just, I, like I didn't recognize him, and I didn't remember his name mentioned at all. Wait, who was he? I've never seen the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Was he? he I'm going to guess, though. Casey hold Jones. On. Oh, oh, hold on. I didn't hear that. I'm going to guess he was either the, the creepy husband or he was the guy with the mullet, the nope. defender. Neither? He was the Are parole you? officer of Damien. What's his name? Oh, oh, the guy they interviewed, and he put the, the gauze up. Okay. That was a different guy. He was only in there for like five minutes. Okay. He's the one that was first talked about the cult stuff and the satanic stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He tipped the the overhead projector. I remember now. Hey, uh, Matt, did that really happen where like they they get an expert witness and he's like, has like a mail order PhD? Oh. And they they let that evidence like (laughs) be admissible. Yeah. The video of that in court is on uh, in the first documentary. Does it play out like this, like the movie? Almost exactly. Jesus, it's a little better. The guy looks a little more befuddled at trying to not answer that question. Wait, does the judge say that? Well, I don't think in Arkansas you have to have a PhD to be an expert. I say this man's like. Does that happen too? Yes, it does. And actually, the judge is correct in that. All you have to do is show that you have expertise in the subject. You don't have to have a formal education. However, this guy did not show that he was an expert. He just said, I have personally seen, this is real, this is from the real thing, I have personally seen Satanists wearing black t-shirts, they paint their hair black uh, with black fingernails, Sometimes they tattoo themselves. That's and that was the end of the sentence. Like I thought he was going to say sometimes they tattoo themselves with like satanic symbol. No, sometimes they tattoo themselves. What does it take to be an expert under like 
in a court of law? Like, what is it? Would you would you qualify as a comic book expert? You know what I like? Could you be called in to talk if, about comic books? If you can convince uh, an attorney that you are, that's all that matters. It's yeah, if you can con- convince a judge that you are. <laughs> Apparently. Well, in this case, it seemed like the judge wasn't interested in having that happen at all. Do you think the judge ran on the platform of like, I, I put Satanists behind bars that murder kids? Like, do you think that was part of his thing? I bet it was. I don't know, because by the time he got elected, that was the population was kind of divided on whether that was a good thing or not. OK, so we don't recommend murdering children. That is not that is a not recommend. I I don't recommend it. It's terrible. It, so Matt, was, through his silence, recommends it. I it it no. makes you very sad when it's over. Yeah, Matt said he did recommend it earlier. Okay, someone didn't say something, so I'm going to go with Logan. Implicit implicit recommendation for child murder. <laughs> Kevin, have fun editing this. Fucking hell. <laughs> Kevin's just going to edit it the whole two parts or it's just going to be one part and it's going to be 30 minutes long and we're all just going to it's going to be like a super cut of the weird noises we've made. That's exactly what I was thinking. I would listen to that. And all this uh, segment songs. Time for the segment song song. (laughs) Hey, Will's everyone else been watching that's not involving child murder. In real case, I watch X Men. Turn to side B.